2020, pre-April, the great film podcasts of the internet share an uneasy peace. For many years, films have been judged on merit, lack of merit, the use of cinematography, among other great qualifiers. Uh, but the month of March ends, and a new age dawns, a Vin age. All right. <laughs> that's fun i definitely i definitely remembered that there was an opening crawl to this movie <laughs> i did not remember uh and then it came up and i was like i gotta do something with that yeah right uh, all right well uh hi everyone yeah. welcome to a bonus no highway option episode lukey's birthday is soon <laughs> so it's uh coming right up so we decided that from now on we're going to do birthday bonus episodes to release around the person's birthday. They choose a movie, like they choose whatever they want, and that's what we talk about. No questions asked. I guess you could count Ratatouille as my birthday bonus, but that was the bet. So, but it was it like was ar- closeish. It was around the it? time, yeah, yeah. So it can kind of count. Ah, speaking of Ratatouille, um, do you know about the the musical? I mean, I've seen a bunch of kids on TikTok do it. I don't like the concept of it. The little song that they constantly do for it, the Remy, the Ratatouille, the lyrics don't make any sense. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Someone just sent me the one that was like... Oh, I don't know. It's like the end of Act 1 or something. So many people have been like, oh, this is what this song should be. I did make one because I saw someone who was like, this is what Anton Ego's song should be when he eats the Ratatouille. And I'm like, no, he shouldn't sing at that point. It should be silent, and then, like, a ballet happens on a scrim behind him. But, like, also, this That's... concept sucks. Yeah, I think it's hard. It's a hard thing to make it, a musical out It of. wouldn't translate. I mean, then again, they did translate Lion King, but that's because Julie Taymor is insane. Yeah, yeah. That I, I mean, by, by all metrics, that shouldn't have worked. Hopefully this isn't your first episode, because like, we haven't even explained that this is a cinema <laughs> podcast where we ask the one question that applies to every film. Is it better or worse than Vin Diesel's 2005 cinema masterpiece, The Pacifier? It's called No Highway Option. Anyway. That was coming. We were just... Yeah. We were just, this, is, this is our bonus stuff, where we, we get a little looser. Where there's no editing, because like, I have no time to edit this. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So the movie we we discussed was the smash hit the league of extraordinary gentlemen's gentlemen's it uh uh, opened to number two behind pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl yeah that's yeah that's that's stiff competition i think it's a really um it's a interesting idea um that i don't know like if you took this sort of great literary works 
of this section of time and turned them into the Avengers? Like, how does that work going forward in time? Like, what do you like? I mean, there's certain periods where it would be great. And then like, well, I don't know. Apparently they did want to do a sequel that uh, focused on them going up against the War of the Worlds aliens. I don't watch like, it. That's interesting, but also, if it's the War of the Worlds aliens, the same ending would happen where they step foot outside, get a cold, and die. Yeah, well... Spoilers uh, for War of the Worlds, but... Yeah. <laughs> anyway... Did you say you the wanna... title? I did. I okay. said Gentlemen's uh, by ah, mistake. That's though. right. Um, but I yeah. did say the other words correctly. Um, um, you also said you... Smash Hit, and wasn't this so good? Um, I don't know about that. I, uh, it's, it's weird that a movie can be a lot of fun and extremely boring at the same time. That is, uh, that is one of the big critiques. Um, and like, I, I cannot be impartial to this film for sure. Um, that's why you chose it, right? Why did you (laughs) choose this? Uh, so this was like a big childhood Luke movie. I had a, a group of friends and uh, like, you know how like when you're a little kid and you like pretend to be different Power Rangers? <laughs> you <and> pretended like... <laughs> to be English lit characters? <laughs> yeah, man. This went on like, we weren't like little kids though. We were like, this was like a high school thing. Um, we called ourselves the Fire Brigade. Um, All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, past guest Sam McGrath was Tom Sawyer. Um, I, I see that. Wasn't... Was your oh yeah? Isn't your like PlayStation tag Quartermain? Yep, yeah, my uh, my PSN ID is still Luke Quartermain. Uh, okay, that that finally explains that. I just <laughs> thought it was like oh, that's a thing. I don't know. Must be a Massachusetts thing. Yeah, man, that's uh, it's a this movie thing. Weird. Uh, but <laughs> do you want to you want to break into the beat by beat analysis? Yeah, how we start off with a pretty cool, decrepit steampunk 20th Century Fox logo. I yeah. dug it. I dug that. I was like, this is a good start. And then we hit immediately into a into a text scroll. Yep, text scroll. I don't... Te- uh, text crawl. A text scroll. Uh, did were you trying to say scroll or crawl? Uh, no, I just my words gumbled all together. Um, <laughs> we start so... out with a text, Nick Kroll. <laughs> Nick's Kroll. Nick the year is 1899, and there's all these English lit characters everywhere. <laughs> it's true, they are. That's the plot. Uh, we're in, we're in England, and uh, there's all these all these old Billy Club cops, and there's dogs okay, barking. Yeah. Okay, passage. And uh, then they... all of a sudden, a tank from a different time starts rolling through the town. <laughs> the one cop just stands in front of it going, Halt! 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 And obviously gets run over. Yeah, squash right up. And then I liked when they all tried to beat it with their clubs. Yeah, well, were tanks not around in 1899 at all? Not. Uh, I had the benefit of watching this sitting next to uh, past guest Kevin. Uh, so so you got no, a lot of they weren't okay. Uh, he said I think he said that these were like well was it supposed to be eighteen ninety nine so yeah. we're looking at like the turn of the new century yeah we're looking at at least eighteen years behind. Okay. It ahead, also I guess 
It also just like the whole thing where it's driving through the street and it crashes into the bank. It just watching it, I'm like, this is the opening to Incredibles too. Like it felt like <laughs> the guess. under it felt like the underminer stuff to me. Just like how weird that little tank looked. Well, I I also thought it was weird that they didn't take any. I mean, I guess after finding out his evil plot later then it made more sense but mm-hmm. the tank just rolls right through they're not looking for any money yeah. apparently there is no money in the bank of england at that time uh another fun history fact um the tank what did the tank fire too blast weird a blast. Like balloons filled with paint uh yeah so the tank crashes right through the bank um and we get some fun spinning newspapers about it. We England. get so many of those in the first <laughs> 20 minutes. There's like three of them. And then they never come back. Yeah, I, that like, I don't know, the way they kept using them, like, is this going to be like the Austin Powers thing where he's just like jumping in front of the screen to transition? I, almost. But like it, they should have kept with that. But then the only thing they keep with that is every new location has a title card. Right. And that annoyed me. Oh. Why? Because we didn't need him for half of them. They were, like, talking in London, and then Nemo is like, come with me to the East London docks, and then title card on screen, East London docks. And I'm like, no shit. Yeah. But it's, it I adds know. character. I, I also have a history of being annoyed with title cards. Like, the ones in Civil War really pissed me off. It's... I, they were too not, big. The font yeah. was too big. I'm not one uniform way about them. Um, they're either I'm either with them or I'm not. I mean, I'm These fine. These ones with, didn't bother me so much. I th- I think it was mostly just the one because I was like, we could infer that that's where they were going because they said that's where they were going. That's true. Um, yeah. cat out of the way. We also, uh, oh. we, we find out that there are Germans driving the tank and their uh, boss who has an iron mask and a little skull on his cane. And I wrote down who I thought it was as a joke. Were you right? Yes. Nice. I, uh, I am not super up on the Sherlock Holmes. Um, oh, no. I, I not... the, but who he is at first before he reveals it. Oh. Later, I also wrote that and got it right. But, no. At first, uh... So this Mr. Skull Kane is with German scientists. They blow up a bunch of blimps. Yeah, yeah. Well, or, we get the we get the first thing through the bank, and then we get all the, uh, the newspapers that are like, England is mad, and England thinks it's Germany. And then we get the, the, the newspaper that says, Germany says, not, not us. us. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then, uh, what's his name's like the Phantom or the... Well, yeah, so... Yeah. In my notes, uh, on one page, LMAO is the bad guy steampunk Phantom of the Opera. Halfway down the next page, oh, it is steampunk Phantom of the Opera. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, then he blows up... Also, he goes into this this blimp factory, I guess. um, Zeppelins. Gotta make Zeppelins. yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost he... 1900. Zeppelins are everywhere. Yeah, but like if you have that much just gas existing in a space and you explode it, you too exploded. Also, if uh, if they're making all those Zeppelins and they got like hydrogen and helium everywhere, 
shouldn't the scientist man have funny funny voice yeah probably <laughs> yeah for sure um you can't if, blow that up in here if there uh if, if there is a, a failing of the characters it's that some of them are a little we we could get some more energy in some places I really <laughs> um but anyway yeah the zeppelins blow up and uh then we get some we get some competing newspaper scrolls that say that Germany blames England and we're right at the brink of a world war, but they're not. They're twenty one years early on that. No. But but it could have started nineteen. <laughs> it still could have started. I guess yeah. Uh, if any of this mm. was real. So then we uh, we toddle over to Africa uh, with Kenya. Uh, yes, yeah. Kenya, as it's called later, for some reason. Oh, is it? I missed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, I was confused about that. Um, and we get this, uh, this English stooge. He is here to locate our, our first English lit Avenger, Alan Quartermain. Alan Quartermain. <laughs> what story is, like, Alan Quartermain a thing? He is. Okay. I don't know much about it. But yeah, like all the all that stuff that they're saying, like he he was a story for British schoolboys or whatever. Like that's real, as yeah. I understand it. Yeah, he's um, the lead character of the novel King Solomon's Mines and many of its sequels. <laughs> that's that's it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. all. He uh, he was a hero. He did some hero stuff. Um, he got cursed by a witch doctor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, we get this. Uh, we get the reveal of he has another old man pretend to be him, mm-hmm. but that's not Sean Connery. Yeah, Sean Connery is Alan Quartermain, but he has this guy Nigel pretend to be Alan Quartermain to uh, take away the story seekers. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then once we find out that we're not looking for a story seeker, he reveals himself. Uh, he is not interested in coming back and helping the crown because nope because he doesn't empire get is always in peril and he doesn't get what's going on in this script yeah, yeah. you can tell he is lost in the sauce <laughs> and I, I mean sometimes sometimes he's there well and you know why he took this right i don't so um he had been offered a bunch of big famous roles in the past First, he's offered Morpheus in The Matrix, reads the script, goes, I don't get this shit. And so, (laughs) Lawrence Fishburne, Matrix is enormous. Two years later, he's offered Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. I don't get this shit. Turns it down. He gets this. Well, I don't get this shit, but the other two were huge hits, so I guess I have to do it. And that's why he's, that's the only reason he's there. He was apparently a huge piece of shit on set. Um, Not to speak ill of the dead, but that's what I've read. He was paid $17 million for the role, which left filmmakers little money to attract other big name stars. So that's why you don't know many of the actors for the rest of the ensemble. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think they do a pretty good job. Oh, no, they do fine. It's just like, it's. And we all know that, like, we all know that he was not great as a human, but I think that. Still rest in peace. I think it's yeah. it's very much like maybe it's because it's the Avengers got us used to like 
every single hero is a huge name. And this it's just like, you got one huge name and then those guys. Well, it's also like before the the hero craze too. Yeah, I know. But like this A lot was, of this kind of stuff was not attracting. This, this is what I'm just used to. Yeah. But and at the same time, you can see a lot of the first Avengers movie in parts of this. Yeah. Which is kind of fascinating. Yeah, I mean I But when you get right down to it, what is the first Avengers is like a group of unlikely people yeah. team up. But like they part, have yeah. They have little guy who doesn't want to turn into big guy and big guys like they need big guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that this could have been something. This could have continued to be a thing, um, but it did not. It, it, a lot of it is that, um, yes, these are characters, you know, everybody knows Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and like, mm-hmm. Captain Nemo. Yeah, like we we know these names, Tom Sawyer, I guess, even though that's not really Tom Sawyer. Um, it's adult Tom Sawyer yeah, who works I for the guess. American Secret Service. <laughs> but like, are those aren't really characters that, like, it, it, Captain America is is punching Nazis, and the Hulk is a big green monster who's smashing cars. You know, like kids are excited about that, whereas. Kids are going like, yeah, give me some more of that classic English lit. I don't know, man. I went to a kindergarten the other day. Like, I just walked by it, and I could hear from the back classroom just Dorian Gray, Dorian Gray, Dorian, <laughs> Dorian Gray. Dorian Gray. There was a, I had, we had Dorian Gray in the group. Um, yeah, um, we, get, we got uh, Alan's gun is named Matilda. Yeah. He yeah, just says that. I don't know. Uh, that made me laugh. He's like, I need to grab my children. Yeah. Um, he, that shot, the the close-up of uh, him with the pistol, and he's mm-hmm. like outstretched, and he's shooting across the room. That was my Facebook profile picture for a very long time. <laughs> I can't judge for like a couple months. I had mine as the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland, because I was like, orange hair. Also, I like Tim Burton. <laughs> High school's a time, man. High school's a time. <laughs> Early 2010s on Facebook were a dark time. Right. Um, yeah, so we have, uh, we've met Alan Quartermain, and while we're meeting Alan Quartermain, the bad guys show up, and they're wearing armor plating. They've got automatic rifles. Yeah, yeah. Cartoonish automatic rifles. Yeah, this, this is very much... A lot of the, like, props and the action stuff is very cartoonish, but every actor isn't treating it like it's a cartoon, so there's a bit... And, like, the cinematography is very... This looks bland. <laughs> every scene is gray, except for, like, three times when they're outside. See, I remembered it being blander, um, and then on this rewatch, I was watching it... Um, streamed so Mm -hmm. i had a more hd version and i think that like watching the old dvd it was grayer the colors oh still watching this in hd every time i'd like look at it i'd be like gray dark blue dark blue oh outside gray dark blue dark blue (laughs) white yeah nautilus why the nautilus design is good 
Um, he meets Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and his submarine. Yeah, yeah. Well, we get, we, they take him back to, take him back to the England where we, where we meet Captain Nemo and we're introduced to the concept of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, um, which leads us to believe that this has existed. This is a post that has been held up. Um, well, yeah, like. The first member was Jesus. <laughs> exactly. Then, like, I don't know, Johnny Appleseed was probably in there at some point. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, because it's like, it's this out there thing, but like applied to, I don't want to all the way say boring people, but well, like, like not stereotypically zany out there comic yeah, it's book just characters. Like, they're extraordinary because they have some gift. There's something cool. Like they've right. got they've got an invisible man, not the invisible man, because he was still under copyright by Universal, but an invisible man. Right, and a, a man who stole the invisible potion. Yep, his uh, name's Rodney Skinner. Yeah, he's a right tosser, ain't he? Rodney Skinner has a uh, baby now. Um, <laughs> of my high school friends. Rodney. Oh, okay. Oh, of the of your little group. I was about to be like Rodney Skinner is a fictional character. He is uh, not real. Uh, he is always carrying a handful of like powder, pool chalk. Well, yeah, to show his face and show off the 2003 CG, which like sometimes looks all right and sometimes wow, pretty inconsistent. Yeah, like there were. I think that they should have done the like face smear in the beginning mm-hmm. and then should have just consistently had him in the white powder yeah um I, it's yeah it's weird what they do with him and what his character arc is yeah yeah we're getting yeah we get there and then we meet uh we meet mina wilhelmina harker yeah with her dead husband we uh we don't know who she is yet. We don't know what she does. What's her deal? Ooh. It well, seems a little bit like Alan Quartermain's going to slap her. <laughs> Alan Quartermain's always annoyed with her for some reason. <laughs> also, but like, you know, as we like watch her do her stuff, we know there's one thing she can't be. Because she's in direct sunlight a few times. She looks in a mirror. So like... Is, when is she in direct sunlight? Doesn't there, she have a little umbrella? No, I don't think so. I don't know. There was one scene where I was like, she's in direct sunlight. This is... <laughs> and, but, well, we... Yeah, but she does look at herself in the mirror at one point. She does. That's a thing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a thing that's not supposed to happen. No, so... Uh, she, uh, she, 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 she's a Dracula. She is the Dracula wife the, she's the bride of dracula i think i think so yeah she's like bram stroker's dracula's wife is i think what they're going for yeah she married gary oldman and <laughs> yeah now she a dracula oh also uh skinner the inv- and invisible man is doing all this because m who's their nick fury who's bringing them all together promised him an antidote to not be invisible uh, which I I think is a lie. Yeah, um, no, it's definitely a lie. Yeah, as, and as the he develops. also definitely forgets about it. 
and also we see a a mysterious young lad uh, who is watching from the shadows. Yeah, we're not sure who he's going to be, but if you have your uh, if you have your English lit course books handy, you might have some guesses. You can flip open to a random page and be like, "I think it's going to be," and then put your finger down and be like, "Ah, it's going to be." Well, it can't be the dad from Raisin in the Sun, so let me go to a different thing. <laughs> Tom Sawyer. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Um, um, Nemo also introduces the concept of cars to them, or as he likes automobiles. to call them, automobiles. And his first mate, Ishmael from Moby Dick. <laughs> the lowest energy person in the entire show. And, Movie. And the call dumbest. Me Ishmael. The dumbest way to just shove someone in there. <laughs> That's. It's, Honestly, I didn't even that didn't even click until you said it. It's like uh I mean this isn't dumb, but it's a similar way of just like putting a name on someone who didn't need to have a connected name. It's the same thing as making Donald Glover the Prowler in Spider-Man Homecoming and him being like, "Hey, I got a nephew, man." And everyone's like, "Oh, Miles Morales, Miles Morales." And, well, but uh, but like the whole universe thing, I understand. But it's like a yeah, similar thing to just be like, <laughs> this character didn't need this name. They didn't need to have the point where the audience goes like, oh, <laughs> oh, Donald Glover's Aaron Morales. Oh, like, yeah. And that could be relevant. It could come up. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm yeah, really I, pulling for Spiders. Yeah, it would kind of suck to be like, hey, here's our uh, Black Lead Spider-Verse movie, but now here's the one you really want with the three white guys, right? Well, I don't know that it has to be just them. I don't know that it couldn't also introduce a Miles. Yeah, no, it could. Yeah. I don't know. I want to I play the game. Anyway. Yeah, no, it looks awesome. Um, Hopefully that uh, toothbrush contest I entered gets me a PS5. <laughs> right. Continue. Uh, all right, so uh, we hop aboard the Nautilus, which is a, a, a big ship that's the size of, like, four city blocks. It's cool. Uh, yeah. It's uh, the sword of the sea, as it says in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Right. And whoever designed it went, yeah, let's actually make it look like a sword, though. Yeah, yeah they, they kind of do. Um, and then we head over to meet uh, Dorian Gray. Uh, but on the way, we, we find out uh, some some possible foreshadowing information that uh, Africa will never let Alan Quartermain die. Uh, I'm going to remember that for later. Because of a witch doctor. Yeah. Uh, you, so know, we, you know how it is. Yeah. Uh, half of the team already kind of knows Dorian Gray. Uh, yeah. Um, Mina has had a past with him. Yeah, and uh, they, he's crossed paths with Alan at some point. Also, Dorian Gray is kind of like the perfect thing that should be remade for the influencer era, and it hasn't. There's, um, uh, there's is a, he in, is he in like Peaky Blinders or whatever? I don't know. Not I'm, Peaky Blinders, but one Peaky of those Blinders. One of those BB. One of those BBC things. Isn't wasn't Peaky Blinders like that? Was like gangsters. Okay, well, it's something... It was like Irish gangsters. It's something peak, then. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, but I believe you about it as a thing. Um, there's a there's a play. Um, okay. 
that I think has had a fairly recent update. Um, but I don't know. I don't know much about Dorian Gray aside from like the shtick of what he is. Um, and listeners, if you don't, the thing is that he he can't die uh, or get hurt. But all of the damage that he's sustaining and all of the age that he's sustaining is shown on this one portrait of him. And if he looks into the portrait, it'll all come back at him. Yep. And, yeah, we... Yeah. Um, maybe it was... It's Penny Dreadful. Ah. Alright, that sounds close enough to Peaky Blinders. And <laughs> uh, Penny Dreadful definitely sounds like another League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mina's in it. Dorian Gray's in it. Van Helsing. Dracula. Frankenstein. This actually sounds kind of interesting. Anyway. Dr. Jekyll yeah, and Mr. Mean, Hyder in it. Yeah, I mean, I might check that out. It's uh, three seasons long. Yeah, alright. Is it still going, or is it like three seasons and it's ended? It ended in 2016. Oh, Reeve Carney is Dorian Gray. Ah, yes. He was, Are you talking about in here or in there? In there. He's a uh, no. he's Mister Hadytown. Ah, he's a uh, he was Peter Parker in the Spider-Man musical. Ah, that's that one. Uh... That's interesting casting. Anyway, hmm. sorry. Continue. I'm <laughs> because I'm not the plot guy. I am veering it he's way the off. Random guy. Uh, welcome to our bonus episodes where we get a little looser. We uh, no edits. Veer off course a little more. No edits. <laughs> um. While we're here, while we're meeting Dorian Gray and everyone's a little on edge, uh, Dorian Gray at first says he does not want to join the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He is not interested in the invitation. And then all of a sudden, the bad guys show up. Do, 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 do. Yeah, all of the Uh, men in their steel suits and the guy with the mask. At this point, he is calling himself Phantom, which, uh, Phantom with an F, according to the subtitles. (laughs) <laughs> a little unnecessary not gonna lie at first before he had taken off his mask before the reveal had happened there was like the briefest moment in this scene where i was like is that fucking mickey rourke under there <laughs> that's great yeah. uh there was a lot of breathing out of him like i don't know if he had a the mic too close to something or i think it might have just been like him trying to like overdo his whole thing like really make it seem like yeah. this is phantom of the opera he's got the like scar so he's probably just like i should breathe heavy because like something's wrong with my nose yeah i don't know sure. um, but yeah there's guns yeah. big shootouts nemo yeah. brings a sword a big to a fun shootout Nemo brings a sword to a gunfight and wins. Yeah. He's Captain Nemo, dog. I guess. Um, we. This is where the Mina reveal is. She is a vampire and she do biteies. <laughs> She's got the little dots on her neck. Oh, also, forgot to mention earlier when M reveals that the bad guy is named Phantom, Alan Quartermain says, Sounds a little operatic. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's like, look at the camera bad. Yeah, man, but like, I don't know. This whole thing is happening, you know? So, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a line. He gets a pass. Um, and during this fight, the guy who's been following them emerges, who we find out is... We Tom already said Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. Yeah. Oh, man. And earlier, I meant to say Huckleberry Finn um, instead of Tom Sawyer for the joke. Ah. Uh, um, well, and I said Tom actually... Sawyer. According to the IMDb trivia, which I'm scrolling up and down, apparently Huck Finn was supposed to be part of Tom Sawyer's backstory. Interesting. Uh, there's like a deleted scene where he wants to join. Hi- yeah, in a cut scene, Tom Sawyer explains that he and his friend, Agent Huck Finn, were tracking down the Phantom and Phantom killed Huck. That's why he's so un- intent on teaming up and getting the Phantom. Could have been could have been an interesting backstory instead he just uh is there kind of there he, and is I like forgot about his horrible accent also and he's like ah, alan quartermain's my dad yeah yeah that's pretty much um and the and rodney skinner's around his powder's very inconsistent uh we don't catch the phantom they they try to catch he him swoops he away get away yeah so uh then we have a discussion of whether whether Tom Sawyer should be should be in or not, uh, and Mina wants him in, but Alan Quartermain doesn't because uh, Alan Quartermain once lost a son in a war. He died in his yeah. arms. Yep. Well, we hear about the died and hear about the son dying later, don't we? Yeah. No, it's, it's much. It's much yeah. later, but like it's. We're, we we revealed so many things already, so like we're not going through this in order. Yeah, I know it's fine. Um, yeah, uh, so then he what what gets what buys him a ticket is that he has a fun gun. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. It's a Winchester. He brought, he brought two. He brought one for Alan Quartermain. A prescient. <laughs> and that lets him in. And so then then they go to Paris for gorilla in a top hat <laughs> yeah yeah we uh we hop on the nautilus and we go uh we go find mr hyde now it looks like uh he looks like the hunchback from 300 but fucking huge now i think it's interesting that they made mr hyde so big because usually dr jekyll and mr hyde is just like he just becomes angrier right and like stronger or if you believe the Warner Brothers cartoons, he turns green. But um, this, and this is kind of a question, like, I think the CG on his face is weird. And when it's a practical suit, for some reason, it makes me think of Fat Bastard. But I can I can see what you're saying with the it's Fat th- Bastard thing. So in terms of large 2003 strong boys, who looks better? This is 03. Yeah, who looks better, Mr. Hyde or Ang Lee's Hulk? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say Mr. Hyde because I didn't have to see his ass. I think Hulk looks better. I think Hulk is a little more convincing. Especially towards the end of this, where Hyde and someone else kind of just look like silly putty slapping around the screen. Well, I think the the like unpolished aspect of him plays into the character more than Ang Lee's Hulk does. You could give that an excuse maybe, (laughs) 
But you know who played the motion capture for Ang Lee's Hulk? I don't. Ang Lee. Ah. He just went into the soundstage, tiny little Asian man, and was just like, I'm going to wreck things right now. It's, you know, it's a movie. He took a swing at it. Yeah. But um, I think the most important thing about Mr. Hyde, most of his clothes rip when he becomes Giant Man. Yes. His top hat doesn't, though. <laughs> he has big, big top hat. Yeah, that's why he's got to wear it so big. Um, <laughs> that's why he's so big. It's because all of the rest of his body changes except for the, t- the top of his head is exactly the same. <laughs> no, because Tom Sawyer picks up the top hat and it's huge. <laughs> it's so funny. It's a big top hat. He a big man. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we find out that he has been just traveling about, wreaking havoc. He be uh, hiding. Yeah, you know, we all we all know the Jekyll and the Hyde thing. Um, we all remember that Arthur offered, song. <laughs> he's being offered immunity to come and play ball with the league. Um, and was an antidote involved? No, because he can just mostly yeah, turn no, at will he, at this he point. Yeah, no, he understands it. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of established as, like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are a separate entity, but they can talk to each other. It's, it's very, very Hulk. It's very late Avengers movie Hulk. Yeah. Um, this was also, Paris was also the first time where we got the Nautilus in a space that was absurd for the Nautilus to be in. Yeah, also... If I didn't write down it was Paris, I wouldn't have remembered it was Paris because it looks like the same gray cobblestone sets that they use for any exterior in this movie. <laughs> well, it's all gray cobblestone over there. Sure. It's 1899. Anyway. Um, yeah, we, uh, we, we get some more, some more stuff that's going to be a useful tool later. Uh, we get this, uh, this budding relationship between this father-son relationship between Alan and Tom. Uh, d- Tom shoots like an American. Uh, Somebody is Alan fiddled. tells him, why do with many bullet what can do with few? Somebody's fiddled with the controls of the ship and left a powder behind? Yeah. Uh, we, we're, we all are pretty sure that it's Rodney Skinner, except for... There's no reason for it to be Rodney Skinner. They didn't I mean, set it the, up well enough. It's basically based on Rodney Skinner's kind of a little shit. Yeah, but he wasn't he, enough of a little shit up to this point. He was a thief, think. like, by... Like, he proclaims himself as a thief. So, yeah. like... You know, but that's... like... Hey, who stole... Like, Hyde's like, who stole my vial? I don't know, probably the thief. Yeah, uh, yeah probably. I, I guess, but, like... Dorian Gray is also there. Yeah, but he's too busy making now with Vampire Lady. And being sketchy, dude. He's sketchy the whole time. Yeah, but he's not a professed thief. Self-professed thief. Yeah. Anyway. I suppose. But anyway, our next our next stop, we find out that something funky is happening in Venice. This was also the reason they were hired to go to Venice and stop these bombs from going off. Right. Like this was their end game. And when they got there, I was like, this is really early. <laughs> we're only like 40 minutes in. Yeah. This is like halfway into this almost two hour movie. What? Yeah. 
and as soon as we get there a bomb explodes yeah i my notes were time to find some bombs oops they're 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 done yeah i wrote uh that the plan is to sink venice i don't know why that's your plan you could just wait that is happening yeah see them while you can folks but not during a global pandemic right um so yeah tom sawyer has an automobile chase well we find out that there's the one bomb and then that section of the city starts sinking and then we have like we're in panic mode we got to figure out how to stop it from happening so we got to find out where the other bomb is so we some of us are going to get in the automobile mina and alan and tom and not no that's, and, and, that's it and dorian and not hide um and we're going to chase it and then you can track the automobile from the nautilus mm-hmm. so captain nemo will shoot a rocket at it and explode it different than it would have exploded yeah, and save the city the bomb somehow yeah you know the it's 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 a it's a missile with the little wire cutters at the end they go clip 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 yeah uh we also and get uh at this point a bunch of gunmen attack and um uh mina saves them and By turning into an army yeah, of bats. She gets her army of bats. She's eating them up. And uh, Tom Sawyer's like, is everything going to be okay? And Alan's like, the vampire lady has just covered. Yeah. Uh, Dorian Gray has mysteriously left. He just yeah, sort he just of took bounced. off. He was like, oh, I got to go do something. I'm going to poop. Yeah. Hyde uh, is hiding. Yeah, he, is, he doesn't want... No, this is Jekyll at this point. Jekyll doesn't want Hyde to come out. So you could say Hyde is hiding. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this is when we find out that uh, Dorian Gray has been a turncoat working for the Phantom the entire time. And the Phantom is M! Yeah, he has fake metal yeah, he has, face goop on. Yeah, he and Quartermain like get into a cat and mouse chase, a little bit of a fight. <laughs> then the mask comes off, some of the prosthetics get pulled off, and he's like, Dutch M. And they find a record explaining all the exposition. And this is when I guessed who M was. Ah. Uh like okay, as because of the record thing as he was explaining it i was like oh god damn it m stands for this yeah so we all we they have they have saved venice but not stopped m nope and they come m ba- still they come has back his... to the nautilus and dorian gray escapes on the tick of the ship yep he escapes in a little skate pod which is also kind of a cool design um and during we... the exposition record I forget what brings it about, but at one point, Dorian Gray looks straight into the camera and says, growl. Yeah, he does. <laughs> He's, like, the tone of the thing is weird. Um, they play this record, so they're hearing a record, but we are seeing, uh, like, sepia-toned Well, uh, completely grayscale. Yeah. It's a, it's a um, grayscale video confessional. It was, basically. like, tan, though. Okay. It was, like, a tan scale. I think mine was gray, but maybe my TV oh. colors are weird. 
I don't know. <laughs> um, but the whole time, M is sitting there and saying, like, this has been my evil plot. And uh, Dorian Gray is just kind of, like... Hype manning him. About yeah. There is yeah, no League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And Dorian Gray's in the back just like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> no it's League. Like, it's like a one-way rap battle. Yeah. The whole time, there's... Uh, some there's like a pulse yeah there's there's subliminal really messages which Hyde realizes because he has animal brain i guess i really thought that it was going to be something that turned him into Hyde. i thought so too um and it wasn't it was a secret code to the secret bombs it, yeah it was all it was over sub- the ship <laughs> it was subliminal messaging that went bombs go boom now bombs go boom now <laughs> and uh we get uh, some nice bombs. Yeah, if you just rewatch that, if you rewatch that scene, turn the bass all the way up with no treble. It's just like, all right, bombs. Now uh, we're gonna get nice and ready to go. On my count, up. Oh, nope, he's still talking. No, he's still he's still going. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then you find out that there are all these little these little bag bombs. They're all over the ship. There's, some the- There's a lot of crew members walking by him and not noticing them. Oh my god, it, Ishmael <laughs> happens. While we're still, well, we still don't know that it's Dorian Gray. Oh yeah. Um, and we're all playing around in Venice. Uh, Dorian Gray comes back to the ship and stabs Ishmael. Um, it's a real memorable movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's how, that's how everybody finds out it's Dorian Gray. Because Dorian Gray escapes and Ishmael kind of hobbles out and uh, as he's dying low energy says to the team it's dorian gray it's not skinner it's dorian gray (laughs) which i did think that it was cool that um they didn't just go it's him you know yeah because it could have very easily been one of those he said a lot so i thought he was like initially i thought he was just gonna be like gray or like it's gray and that's it but he gets like two or three sentences out. Oh, he didn't stab him. He shot him with the golden gun. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, now we. Uh, Nautilus we, is the, sinking. The bombs are exploding. Yeah, the Nautilus is sinking. Hyde uh, has to save the day by opening uh, up some hatches. Yeah, the engine room is, is completely flooding. Uh, they're trying to take it to the surface. It's not working. Captain Nemo says, You gotta close it off for the greater good. <laughs> yeah, a lot of. A <laughs> lot, lot of men are gonna die. Yeah, uh, but uh, Dr. Jekyll goes to the place where the door is gonna close, and he makes him hold the door open, and then he turns into Mr. Hyde, and he goes down, and he uh, empties the the engine room of water, yeah, I guess? Yeah, you know, he opens some uh, empty hatches. So he does something with the plot that makes the boat okay. It's like a... Uh, all of the tension about him being able to control his Mr. Hyde side is over. Yeah, he went through three Avengers movies in two acts. <laughs> like, this uh, is a very late Avengers thing to do. This is It's a very Thor Ragnarok of like, hey, for the greater good, jump into this uh, potentially dangerous situation and bring us the big guy. Right. Um, and then we surface, and we find out that uh, Rodney Skinner is being invisible on the pod uh so we can track he's tapping can, out morse code yeah. <laughs> so they I can guess, track where he's going i guess no one in the pod can hear the morse code even though it's morse code 
Dorian Gray is just looking at himself in the mirror, just like, God, I'm hot. Beep, 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 beep. Sarah, if there's one character to miss it, it's him, probably. Uh, so they chase him to... Mongolia. Yeah. Where um, it's snowing. It's snowing. It's definitely snowing. We see the snow... When Invisible Man comes back and grabs Mina's ass, we see that it's snowing on him. <laughs> he, which means that uh, he's naked. He naked. He makes a big point a of saying he... In Mongolian winter. He, he, he mentions it. He can't feel any of his extremities. Yeah, but he doesn't have, like, not anti-frostbite powers, you know? He can just turn He's invisible. invisible. He drank a ton of chemicals. One of the chemicals might be warm-up juice. <laughs> Um, and this is when we're, we're prepping where we've hit the third act. The, the big plan is that M has been, ha- has used Dorian Gray to steal some blood from Mina and the potion from Dr. Jekyll and something skin. from Rodney Skinner. Skin from like Skinner. Skin, skin flakes to figure out how it's invisible and like recreate the chemicals because they're flowing through his epidermis or whatever. Yeah. And nothing from Tom or Alan or Captain Nemo. No, it's they're just guys. It's, yeah, they're just dudes. It's only the supernatural <laughs> people and he wants to uh, sell it to the highest country so they can make a supernatural army. Which, yep. upon hearing that... In my head, I'm like, cool, this thing's going to end with M drinking a supernatural cocktail and becoming, like, Invisible Jekyll Vampire Beast. And it doesn't. It did not. It didn't um, go full stupid. Well, I yeah, they they do a, we're all going to split up, and this is the thing that we're going to do. Uh, Alan and Tom are going to go handle M. This is, and we th- find out that... The reason that he is able to produce all of these things is because he is holding all of these top scientists hostage and killing their wives and children. Yeah, something about that. This <laughs> is also the point where Quartermain reveals who M truly is, James Moriarty, the uh, uh, the Sherlock Holmes villain. Uh, although M is like, no, I'm M. James Moriarty died at Rhinebeck Falls, which is... A very famous Sherlock Holmes story. Right. Good episode of the BBC BBC show, too. Yeah, yeah. It's a good show. Yeah, I don't know much Sherlock stuff, so that happened, and I was like, okay. Um, Take your word for it. Yeah. Um, Dr. Jekyll and Captain Nemo are freeing the scientists. Mina is after Dorian Gray. Because he has wronged her twice now. They have a pretty fun invulnerability fight where, like, they're just scratching each other up and stabbing each other and all their wounds are healing. And I was like, this is kind of cool. But then it ends before it can really begin when um, Dorian stabs her with a sword on the bed and is like, I always wanted to nail you one last time. And assumes that she's dead. I will, and I was. Believes he's killed her. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I got it, and I'm just like, hey, bud, that's metal. That don't, yeah. that don't kill no vampire. You know what kills that's vampires? Not garlic. That's not wood. That's not a wooden stake through the heart. That's not a big, sharp garlic. A wooden stake through the heart kills a vampire, or a killing, or a, or a very sharp knot of garlic. But then, if you kill the head vampire, you kill all the other vampires. 
You want to know how I know all this? You poop for real. You want to know how I know all this? Because you're a vampire? Treehouse of Horror 4. Ah. Mr. Mr. Or Bart Simpson's Dracula. (laughs) I've got a Simpsons TikTok that I need to send your way. If it is it the one right. that uh, says Marge goes out for food, but the preview image is someone dressed as Lisa? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, I didn't watch it because I saw it said Marge goes out for food, and I was like, that's Lisa's dress, they're wrong. Yeah, you should probably check that out. Um, anyway, this is where we get a little looser. We talk about things that don't, uh, don't involve the podcast, I guess. <laughs> we already did that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, so they have this invulnerability fight. Um Gray thinks he's killed her. Uh, Cut to but she... a soldier man drinking way too much Jekyll and Hyde potion. And he Dr. Be... Jekyll saying, don't drink the whole thing. And he becomes this horrible CGI. Just like, it looks like they were trying to make carnage mixed with too many muscle man. <laughs> too many muscles. He's like beat red. His face is like out of the game twisted metal anyway i just wanted he's, to bring up just su- big. i just wanted to bring up super hide yeah i mean and uh super super hide is fighting regular hide my when super Captain... when super hide showed up i laughed so hard and said what the fuck is that like six times while laughing because yeah. he's he's an ugly boy he is an ugly boy um it's because none of the rest of the guys can fight Hyde. Yeah. He blocks all of their shots while Captain Nemo is helping the scientists escape. And after Super Hyde is revealed, we... After Super Hyde... <laughs> I heard Kevin. After Super Hyde is revealed, we cut back to the uh, Dorian Gray and Mina thing, where Mina shows Dorian the portrait of himself and he, Indiana Jones, and the Last Crusades. He turns right to dust, which is how I I, I understand that's how it works in the, uh, the story. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. He, it, it turns out that Dorian Gray was working for his portrait. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's, that's why that was there. Yeah, that's just how it be. And that's, uh, that's how it is. We, we took care of it. Uh, Mr. Hyde and Captain Nemo continue to fight Big Hyde. Uh, and while they're doing that, um, Alan is fighting M. Also, there are bombs planted all around. and There's a second Skinner, which is chasing Tom Sawyer. It's actually the guy who recruited uh, Quartermain. That wasn't... Ah, okay. Yeah, that wasn't M. It's uh, Sanderson Reed, the guy who first goes to Kenya. Ah, okay. Well, he was invisible, so that wasn't entirely clear. And the fight scene with him actually might not have supposed to have been with him. There was something about they uh, had a character who was kind of a villain. Um, uh, Ava Draper, the daughter of a German scientist. And she was supposed to appear in two scenes. One got completely cut. and she was. But then in another one, she was in a brief fight scene with Tom Sawyer. And they rotoscoped her out and put someone else in. Which I just found that interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's something. Anyway, sorry. Um, I keep taking yeah. the plot thing because that's what I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's a little looser. We don't know what we're doing. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, they, uh, they're fighting, and he's he's besting Tom Sawyer, and then all of a sudden, here comes Rodney Skinner to help. To save uh, the day. To, yeah, to save the day, to stab the other invisible guy. Uh, and while that's happening, Alan seems to be getting the, the upper hand on M. He's, uh, he's knocking him down a little, and then we go back to go back to Hyde and Hyde and Nemo. Nemo uh, does a lot of a lot of sword swiping at at big. Yeah, at Super Hyde, and it like yeah. it it doesn't it does nothing. It's not very effective. Uh, Fury swipes was not very effective. Um, yeah, yeah, they uh, and bombs, but they yeah, but then the bombs are coming, so they. They get away from him. They get through a crack in the wall that he too big to go through. Too big. Just try to swack his arm through there. He like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, the bombs keep exploding. Um, um, while the bombs then... are exploding, big deal happens. <laughs> M kills Alan Quartermain. Yeah, yeah he does. He, uh... Well, he doesn't get all the way dead. You know, he's alive long enough to, uh, he, he stabs him and then he floats down from the tower on his magic flying cape and starts to get away. And Tom Sawyer has to shoot him using the, uh, one shot. Yeah. Using the one shot, using the, the breathing techniques and, uh, finishing the character arc for feeling it, finishing the arc for Tom and Alan, finishing him being his son. He does it, fires the shot off. M is dead. Everyone's happy. <laughs> the case of magic people vials sinks into the ocean, which definitely would have been part of a sequel. Um, fish, <laughs> vampire, invisible hide fish. Uh, the well, the explosions cause a hole to a, a door-sized hole to blow open in the wall that Nemo and Mr. Hyde can escape through. Everybody gets away okay. Uh, Rodney Skinner is burnt to a crisp. It's visible. <laughs> but he's okay. Yeah. Just um, just a little crunchy. And then we go back to Africa, where we have just done a little bit of a funeral for Alan Quartermain. Uh, Tom Sawyer leaves a whole gun on top of the grave, and, says thanks. And then the witch doctor <clears throat> comes in. And does some witch doctor stuff. Lightning and strikes the gun, and we cut to black. Yeah. More so sequel bait. Sequel bait for a dumb movie. Uh, rude. It's dumb. <laughs> like almost every movie we watch is dumb. <laughs> I know, but for especially for trying to be like the English lit like high art Avengers. It's dumb. I don't know if it's trying to be high art. But, like, these, like, <clears throat> legendary literary characters that you study in school, it's dumb. <laughs> it's a big, uh, dumb action movie. Yeah, man. But, like, big, dumb action movies are fun. That's why people like them. Yeah, but this one's fun sometimes, but most of the time boring. I don't know. To me. I was, uh, I, I didn't find so many of the boring parts. 
do we want a criteria and yeah, let's, let's, get deeper let's into do, it? We're going to do some, now we're going to do the criteria portion, which we do every week. It's where we compare this movie to the pacifier using a number of really high action criteria starting with the soundtrack there's eight pieces of criteria i've never counted them <laughs> uh score starting bad with the soundtrack <laughs> score bad yeah i also said this soundtrack was meh like there were many times where i was like i should be like amped from the music alone but it wasn't it was nothing yeah who composed it i don't know well i'm gonna <clears throat> look because i've had imdb up good good uh you can keep talking all right uh <laughs> next up we have the uh the dieselometer where does the where does the lead character land on the dieselometer connor what do you got um i said vin diesel in fast and furious four for sean connery as alan quartermain he uh seems like he walked into something he doesn't exactly recognize anymore which is like vin diesel after two mo- one or two movies away from or one movie after having a movie away from fast and furious and trying to get it back and it's not entirely working hmm. all right i said that it depends on which character you pick uh because i think that for each one of the league characters that you could pick each one of them could be a different fast and furious movie okay uh the person who composed the soundtrack was or composed the score was trevor jones um he's also done uh the last of the mohicans that's actually a pretty good score uh around the world in 80 days from hell yeah there's a lot of stuff that just like doesn't exist all right oh ah um, there's a, I, 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 I said, oh, for that, because we know that movie. Yeah. That movie's, uh, coming up. No, it's not. It hasn't been revealed on the, uh, coming attractions game yet. So it's, uh, ah. well, yeah, that's that part will come out of the audio. No edits. <laughs> yeah. Except for that one. Surprise. Got... <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Next. Um, next up. What has the director gone on to do? Sorry, did you forget? Did I like this as a kid or would I have liked it as a kid? That was going to come next. That's not the order it goes. All right. I didn't know that you were leading the episode, Connor. Just... Did you like it as a kid? Would you have liked it as a kid? Maybe. I'm back and forth with it if I would have been into it or not. I obviously I did. Okay, uh, now. Yeah, now <laughs> as I mentioned previously, what has the director gone on to do, Connor? So this is directed by Stephen Norrington. This is the last uh feature length Hollywood movie he's made, apparently. But before this, he did something called Last Minute, something called Death Machine, and Blade. He directed Blade. Ah. So like right. I I guess that's what got him this. That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. Um, next up, was there anything as memorable as the Peter Panda dance? 
Uh, for me, it's the very concept of having the English lit Avengers. Like, that's the one thing I remember if someone says LXG or League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I'm like, oh yeah, that's the one with, uh, that's the one with, uh, Jekyll and Tom Sawyer. Um, I said the last, the shot. The one that kills M. Ah, I was gonna say lightning striking the gun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you meant no. the last shot of the movie. No, the last shot from Gun, not gotcha. the lightning strike. Right, right. I actually forgot about the uh, the sequel bait. Yeah. <laughs> um. Next up, who's the Brad Garrett of the film? The memorable side character, or Carol Kane. The memorable side character, or the Carol Kane. The... <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. Yeah. Um. I back and forth with Skinner or Hyde. Probably say Skinner. Hmm. All right. I like. I I had trouble with finding characters who weren't like part of the thing. Right. Um. Because most of them are like involved. It's like an ensemble thing. So yeah. Most of them are like main character ish. Uh. I, I I'm torn between boring ass Ishmael or uh the shaman. Okay. It makes sense. Just because of Ishmael's first very flat, I am Ishmael. Yeah, call me Ishmael. Um, and last but not least, is there anything in this movie that compares to the Sound of Music subplot in The Pacifier? And if you're unfamiliar with that, <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with that, it's the part in The Pacifier when the young boy who Vin Diesel is watching, Seth, it's found out that he has a Nazi armband in his locker, uh, and Vin Diesel. Everyone is very concerned. Nobody knows what that's all about. He's he also his bleached hair, his hair. Bleached his hair blonde. Uh, <laughs> Vin Diesel chases him on a little girl's bike and finds out that he is not a Nazi, but he is playing Rolf in a community theater production of The Sound of Music with a forty-year-old Liesel. Uh, and Vin Diesel goes on to direct that production. So, is there anything? Uh, is there anything in this movie that compares to that side plot? Uh, the backstory of why Sean Connery took this role. For me. Uh, okay, that's fair. I I just said like the idea behind this movie as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was a and, comic book. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't make it not crazy. Yeah, I know. know. And it was an Alan Moore thing, and he's he's wacky. Yeah. That and the that they set up a potential for another one of these. Um, well, they were talking about another one recently. Yeah. As recently as like 2015, 2017-ish. They were like, hey, what if we rebooted League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but like made it a female-centric reboot? And they like were just chatting about it. And then Disney bought Fox and was like, yeah, no, that's canceled. Well, I mean... As long as there's, as long as there's like something there, and it's not just Ocean's Eight, you know. Well, it's not gonna happen. No, I know. <laughs> like as long as the, yeah, I guess I yeah. guess it's a moot point because uh, it doesn't exist. I didn't see Ocean's Eight. Did anybody? No, but I'm kind of interested in it. Anne Hathaway's in it. That's fair. I do like Anne Hathaway in pretty much anything. And Sarah Paulson. I like Sarah Paulson. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Sandra Bullock, but... Not at all? 
I know you don't like the blind side, but Sandra Bullock at all. She hasn't really done anything that I've been like, oh man, I love this. Like, Gravity was fine. Yeah, but like, she existed before Gravity. Yeah, I know. But like, most of the stuff I was just like, yeah. Damn, dude. <laughs> That's wonky. Um, <laughs> I'm a Sandra Bullock fan. Okay. Anyway, um, what was your final ranking for this movie? I would give it one and a half Avengers movies that did it better out of five, and it's not as good as The Pacifier. Uh, all right, all right. I gave it a one ragtag team of 1800s librarians and a weird tiger metaphor. Yeah, the tiger thing pops up a few times. Do we see a real tiger in the snow? Um, and it's because Alan Quartermain is old. Yep. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, uh, I think that this one is better for me personally. Wow. But like I am far wow. from... Wow. <laughs> but I am far from like someone who is neutral to begin with. This, uh, this movie was big for me. Um... And I do think that it gets kind of an unfair rap. I don't think it's great. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, now, yeah. That's, that's, that's that. That's the that's, episode. That's, that's, Happy that's birthday, our, Luke. That's our episode on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, we um, don't have a coming attractions game this yeah, week. Um, oh. Next week, we or not next week, Sun Tuesday, we are talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. It's true with um, special guest um we did mention what the episode after that's gonna be but i'm gonna bleep it yeah yeah so uh tuesday we talk scott pilgrim that's my actual birthday if you're wondering um if you're wondering what something good to get me for my birthday would be uh you could put me in touch with the old owners of the rap oh we're doing the plugs right and amherst massachusetts uh i'm just like a diet I'm desperately trying to find out the recipe to their old Yukon Gold chicken wing sauce. Um, or uh, I take Venmo. You could also uh, leave us a review on whatever you listen to your podcasts on. I didn't realize we were uh, going into plugs right now. Oh, I, it just fit. Uh, because it did. It fit well. Yeah. But I did want to mention Vin Diesel did release a second song. It's uh, called These Days Are Gone. And it's not as good as I feel like I do. It's not. It, it's not as good. Um, it's. It, it starts rougher than it ends, though. Yeah. Is that going for it? Like, my big thing with it is, like, I don't know. The first one sounded like he really wanted to make that song. And it sounded like he was like, I'm going to have big fun. And this one kind of has a lot of, like, just generic pop writing tropes. I am interested to see Which, the rest of the album. Yeah. But, like, I don't... He does the thing that uh, Black Eyed Peas and Rebecca Black have shown doesn't work of naming the days of the week in modern pop music. Hey, man. Rebecca Black only needed a couple more years, and then she came back with a banger. Oh, yeah, she did. So maybe that's uh, Vince's trajectory as well. 
Although he started with kind of a banger. Yeah, and he doesn't need to come back. He hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah, they, I mean, they announced Bloodshot 2 is in development. <laughs> yeah, but musically. Well, yeah. Anyway, um, that's that's all we got for that. Uh, anything else yeah, you want to say before? Song, you can check it out. Um, yeah, those days are gone. Did. Yeah. We uh, we did the phone number thing. We um, didn't do the phone number thing yet. You just did your chicken thing. Ah, all right. But uh, you can you call in. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at No Highway Pod. You can call into the Highway Patrol tip line at 301-941-7493. Right? Did I get that right? Why do I have nine text messages? Not on our uh, not on our voicemail though. No. Um Okay. Alright, sorry, my parents were scheduling a thing. Um <laughs> it is yeah, three oh one nine four one seven four nine three or three oh one nine four one size. Uh leave us a voicemail. Just tell us. Just talk to just just talk to us. Three oh one nine four one seven four nine three. Give who, us a call. Who do you uh who would you put in your League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? What yeah, book char- what book character would you put in it? I'd tell you my top two. Who are they? It'd be or a, do we have to wait till they call? It'd be a Captain Underpants and Mr. Ready Player One. Ah, alright, alright. Not the butt from the day my The butt Day My Butt went psycho. went psycho. Or the entire league of the butt people. Where oh, there was like the pincher, the slapper. Oh no. Welcome to our podcast where we talk about butts. Yeah, man, I remember the sequel Zombie Butts from Uranus. I uh I don't Oh, they were they were the big deal in that one. wasn't there a Netflix didn't they make that into a Netflix animated series? I have no idea. I think it's, they did. We've exhausted all I all I know about it. Anyway, yeah. Um call the call the hotline. Yeah. You want to ask yeah. what the deal with the day my butt went psycho talk was? Uh, that was yeah. that was that was a real book for children. It's, uh, this has been our this has been our episode on the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, there's going to be loose. a special thing involving the uh, outline coming up in two episodes, so keep a listen out for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely beat us to it. Call us about something. Yeah, and there's uh, only two more regular episodes left before special event i wonder what it could be you'll find out in two episodes i already know they'll find out in two episodes yeah i know because we have to record another one of them uh tomorrow literally tomorrow we might be going a little bit crazy because we're a little looser but also we are recording three episodes in four days which like uh... i've heard other podcasts i like talk about like when they get a little off track and they're like, sorry, we've recorded this many episodes in this many days. And I'm like, I'm sure that's not actually a reason you're going a little crazy. But uh, even with two and three days, <laughs> I kind of get it. Yeah. Having uh, having been there now, for sure. We'll see what happens tomorrow. And uh, we could apologize to our guests in advance. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate everyone. Uh, yeah. Tell your friends. Yeah, help us uh, help us grow and stuff. Yay. Um, 
Happy birthday, Luke. That is Luke. all from me, Connor. Is that all? Thank you, Connor. And of course, thank you to Ian Seaweber for composing our wonderful theme song, Even the Duck Cut. The C, of course, stands for Connery. You can find all of Ian's music by following the link in our show description. Is that all from you? Um, yeah, I think so. I don't have anything personal to share. Um, <laughs> none of the podcasts I've guested on are happening soon, so. Yeah, my, my next one is in December, I think. I think mine are going to end up being both in December. Hmm. All right. Well, um, this has been... This has been our special bonus birthday episode um, for No Highway Option. I've been Luke. And I've been Connor. And these have been all of our opinions. And you... If you didn't agree with if them... If you didn't agree with them, it doesn't matter because it's our way. No, no Highway, highway Option. <laughs>Theme music for No Highway Option was created by Ian C. Weber. To hear more of Ian's music and see some of his videos and stuff, follow the new link in our show description. No Highway Option was co-created and co-hosted by Connor J. Burke and Luke Smith and produced by Connor.